Welcome to Super Talk, the podcast that scratches your superhero itch. Just two suburban dads nerding out over superhero stuff on the small screen and the big. Buckle up, people. Enjoy the ride. Welcome to Super Talk, the weekly podcast dedicated to news and reviews of comic book media on the big and small screen. This is episode number 29. I'm your host, Brian Professor Pettis, and with me, as always, is my illustrious co-host, Titanium Tony Estrella. Titanio, what's going on? A little somber episode. We're kind of in a lull here, Professor, um, but... Uh... Knowing us, we have generated, or you definitely put some effort into the show notes today. So, great show coming at you, people. Great yeah, show. well, this is a uh, one of those weeks uh, without much new content. But, you know, there, we, we've got some news to talk about, which will be great. But, yeah. you know, look, we've got a lot of stuff coming down the road. Literally, this is like the one week in the next three, four months where we've got nothing going on. Literally, for, I would say... From next week through maybe end of October, we're going to have something new to talk about every week. Yeah, every week, um, if not multiple things. Yeah, so we got a lot to get to. Um, and so you know, sometimes, you know what, we love doing the reviews. We love, like we did last week, we love talking about Black Widow movie. We love talking a lot of about fun. Loki finale. It's fantastic. Yeah, a lot, But it a lot takes of up a lot of time, and we, you know, we have a lot to talk about. Yeah. But, you know, these weeks where we have no new content, where we can just kind of go over the news and just give our opinions about some things, it's it's kind of a nice little break in, to some extent, so it'll sure. be great. Yeah. yeah, sometimes we don't get to really talk about stuff that is important and stuff we really want to talk about because we have a review to do, so... We'll use these uh, little open-ended uh, shows to to kind of dabble in some of that information. And uh, today we're going to do a little preemptive strike, which is good for a show that's coming up. So that's awesome. We're going to prime our audience for something that if they haven't been watching it, they should. Now, and we'll get into that this week. So. We're going to prime their pump. We're going to prime right. their pump, Professor. Well, before we get started, we always start the show by thanking our sponsor, Studio G. G Studios, home of the Man Band, Corn on the Cob. Thank you, Studio G. You are the, the greatest. And we Absolutely. just can't tell you how much we appreciate you and, and and thanks for all your support so look visit their youtube page follow them yes hit the notification bell they got some crazy cra- what's the latest single that's on the what's it called again smacking lips oh <laughs> the name itself should should warrant yeah, a, yeah, yeah. at least a view come on you got to check it out and a thumbs up it's a hopefully. show it's an absolute show enjoy the show lip smacking studio gg studios have a good time follow them they're great supporters of ours and have been from the beginning. So thank you. Yeah. And, and then we do want to talk about our new sponsor, BSB, bsbswag.com. Uh, titanium supporting the shirt. I'm supporting the hat. Um, thank God, because you don't want to see the chrome dome underneath this hat. Oh, you but, sexy uh, bastard. Uh, Come on. Come on. But you know what? BSB, the, the swag is great. Yeah, it's awesome. But go to their website, bsbswag.com. Check it out. Literally, their shirts, their hats. It's great stuff. As a matter of fact... I was with a bunch of teenagers this weekend, and they all said, what is that hat you're wearing? And I'm like, it's BSB. They're like, that's really cool. I'm like, yep. lifestyle brand, check it out, yep. bsbswag.com. That's awesome. Spread the word, spread yeah. the love. A little cross-promotion. I love it. But thank you, BSB. We really appreciate you guys. Thank you. And then finally, we want to thank the uh, listeners of our show who bring the show to you, and those are our patrons, patreon.com slash supertalk. If you want to support the show, really, it only costs you a dollar episode. You sign up. You say, hey, you know what? I'm willing to give these guys a dollar episode because I enjoy the content they're producing and it really brings me a little bit of, you know, entertainment every week. Here's a dollar. And it only costs you a dollar per episode. You know, we're like a month later, you're like, you know what? I'm gonna take a break. That's fine too. And guess what? Next week, if you are one of our patrons, you're gonna be part of a giveaway we're doing for all the people on the Patreon. So patreon.com slash supertalk, become a patron, and you're gonna be part of our giveaway. Next week, episode 30, we're going to make that happen. So now's the time to do it. Big episode next week, episode 30. So, yeah, uh, thank you, guys. Thank you for the support. All right. Well, let's. uh, without further ado, let's jump into the news and reviews. Again, no real new content. I think the one thing that was new this week, so we talked last week on our episode about the finale of Loki and and the shock and awe that it brought to, you know, really it was the first finale of a Disney Plus series where we were like, really satisfied with what they did to us. I, and, and you know what? I think what we got this week was the Marvel assembled behind the scenes right. filming of that show. 
And I, I know you said you got a chance to watch it. I watched it yesterday. I, I'd like to hear your impressions of the sh- of the behind the scenes because I I've got a few things I want to I want to say about it for sure. Um, I, I really like the behind the scenes. Uh, it really showed the relationship between um the characters in, in the background, like as actors, the way they respected each other as actors. I thought it was great. It gave a little insight of you know them coming in and Tom Hiddleston kind of you know, teaching Owen Wilson about the history of Loki and his mannerisms and why he does the things that he does to help Owen develop that character of Morbius and how, what a cool dude Owen Wilson is. He just, he just seems like such a cool dude. And I I thought that was really special, that kind of relationship that they had. So, so a few things I want to talk about first, they, they mentioned that the show started filming February 20th of 2020. Yeah. So literally a month before the pandemic really right. shut the country down. Yeah. And he said 299 days later, we wrapped filming. Unbelievable. So that just goes to show that they pers- persevered through a large portion of the pandemic and the shutdown to get this show done. Now, I don't know. And and we were told that it was filmed largely. The entire show was filmed in Atlanta on set. Um and whether they quarantined or kept everybody isolated or whatever they, whatever they did, it was 299 days is a long time. Oh, it's a long time, yeah. For that, for six episodes of yeah. content, right? And I'm sure they went through some periods of time where they had to shut down and everything else. But the, the other thing that I, I got from the behind the scenes was how much Tom Hiddleston loves playing Loki and how grateful he feels that he was given the opportunity to play that character yeah. and how... It's fulfilled him, and sure. he was. He talked about the first day that he filmed uh, the first episode of Loki. Day one rap, he was talking to the rest of the crew. He was like twenty nine years old when he and started. He said ten years ago, yeah, was the first time I put this costume on. And he said it's hard to believe that we're now ten years later. I'm here, and we're starting the show, and he sits. He's so thankful. Yeah. Um, and and it it comes across. I think there are people in the MCU who brings so much to their characters. And he's one of them yeah. where like we saw what Loki started off as in the, the Thor movie yep. and what it's become, uh, you know, a decade plus later and Tom Hiddleston's pride in playing that character. And you just, it, you just saw it in the show. I yeah. mean, he loves playing that character and it's important to him. Oh, he owns it. He, he, he absolutely owns that character, and I can't imagine he he came into audition for the th- spot of Thor, Thor right? Yeah. And Crazy then, to yeah. think about. Yeah, he he he. And, and, but then he talked about that 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 they both, uh, him and Chris Hemsworth, had both auditioned for the role of Thor. But you know, Tom Hiddleston found out, and he worked with the director um, on a on Hamlet. They they were yeah. doing Hamlet together in London, I believe. Yeah. And that's how he knew the director, so that's why he got the call to come try out for the Thor role. But he ended up getting the Loki role, and, he, and the first day on set, he met Chris Hemsworth, and he's like, "I love this guy." Yeah, like this is going to be so awesome. Like, yeah. really, they they just created this Thor. bond. Yeah, yeah, that was and, really cool. I, I just felt you got a little bit of that backstory. Uh, that so that was one thing I, I mentioned that the the time period and when they were filming was great. He's such a beloved character. I think somebody said in that uh, shot, if you count all the screen time that Loki has been on, it's like two hours. All the movies put together is two hours before, um, before you know, the, the before Loki Endgame show. or the Loki show. Yeah, and I, it's so incredible that for those two hours uh, combined, you know, you know, fifteen. I thought it was 10, much less than this. Uh, I thought he like said that. it was like seventeen minutes of on-screen time over the entire MCU movie set. I, th- I thought it was two hours over all the movies, Thor, including um, Infinity War and all that. It, it was like two hours total. But within those two hours, he it's ingrained. He had he you know kind of soaked into the fan base so much that people were like, "We love this character so much," and that that just speaks volumes of his talent. Well, and and then uh, we also got some insight into the conversation that he had had when he first met the Russo brothers. He said, "I, I you know I first met the Russo brothers and we were talking. They were talking about this whole concept of." Infinity War and Endgame. He's, they were talking about this, and then he said, okay, well, the opening scene 
is Thanos right after Thor Ragnarok. It's, it's Thanos, and he says, and you die. And he's like, so that's it. And Kevin Feige's like, yep. Yep, that's, that's it. That's it. Oh, wow. And so he was told when they went to go film Endgame, the first scene in Endgame, literally the Russo brothers go film the first scene in the movie, and it's Tom Hiddleston getting killed. And he's like, so I've been playing this character for 10 years, and I'm I'm done. You know, I'm done. Yeah. And the way they were able to, manu- through Endgame, and then ultimately the Loki series, manufacture a way for him to come back and play this character again. I mean, and you, you heard this from Paul Bettany when we were when he was talking about WandaVision. Yeah. When Vision got killed by Thanos, he's like, oh, I guess I'm done. And then they come up with this whole concept of him coming back for this series. These people love playing these characters. Yeah, they and they're they devastated when they yeah. hear that they're going to get killed off. Absolutely. Absolutely. I think it's, again, he's such a talented character uh, and such a talented actor um, that it would be a shame to get rid of that kind of. Oh, well, he's a goldmine now. Oh, he he's, he's going absolutely nowhere. Right. This version of Loki is we we know he's coming back in the season two of the Loki series. So the the Loki we saw in this series is coming back in season two. We know that for yeah. sure. Um, there again, we talked about this last week. The rumor is that he will have at least a cameo, if not a couple of scenes in Doctor Strange: Multiverse of Madness. Yeah, we've heard that. Yep. Um, cameo in Thor: Love and Thunder, doubtful, but possible. Who knows? Possibly, we yeah. don't. We don't know. But but this version of Loki. Um, is here to stay and yeah. where they go with his character. And, and again, he can't be more happy. You could see that. So if you haven't seen Marvel Assembled, the behind the scenes for yeah, Logan, you gotta watch go it. check it out. Yeah, absolutely. If you liked the series, you will love this. Yeah, they, they and they they explain they, they had to kill him off in Ed Game in the very beginning to show what a big bad that Thanos was. And and they created that hate towards Thanos by killing a favorite character off. One of the favorites. Um, so I thought that was great, and uh, I'm glad they brought him back. And the stuff they awesome. did at the end with Jonathan Majors when they talked about bringing him in, and you know, Tom Hiddleston was like, "So the the big bad that we're all alluding to is is this version of Kang, you know, because he who remains is not Kang, but that's who we're talking about. It's so a variant of Kang. He they, they, they confirmed it. it. Yeah, they confirmed that Kang is what's coming. Yeah. The, and he said Jonathan Majors, and we also did hear that Jonathan Majors said, "I played it like." Charlie and the Chocolate Factory and yeah. the Wizard of Oz. I played it that kind of crazy way because I want, when everybody sees Kang, it's going to be different. Of course. Than the version that you saw. On and Loki. we kind of knew that. We yeah. kind of called that when we reviewed yeah. that. So it, it opened up phase four. It totally set the groundwork for moving a story and a narrative about the multiverse moving forward with that. Um, let me just ask the 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 um, our listening audience and, and our fans, um, what's your favorite Loki story or what's your favorite Lokiism? Uh, just put it in the comments if you don't mind um, or, or DM us. Um, just give us something about Loki that you loved because uh, we, we got a lot to say about him, but I think we're going to move on. Yeah, yeah, we'll, we'll we'll move on. But hey, it's it's it was a great series, and we're we're very happy to came out. You know, look, we we'll we'll wrap up the Disney Plus what we've seen so far. Wandavision, literally, we were so starved for content. Yeah, and what it did to us is that thank God something's back. It yeah. was fantastic, and we really enjoyed it. Falcon and Winter Soldier really kind of checked the box for the kind of classic. Marvel movie kind of action series, regardless you know? of how clumsy it right. was, and, and the people in the in there were fantastic. Yeah. But Loki is now going to set up what we're seeing for the next eighteen months to two years. Yeah, it's in important. MCO. It's, it's, it's confusing. I know it's confusing to people because I I get a lot of people saying, "What was that? What is happening? What's going on?" <laughs> I know it's kind of confusing, but you have to follow it because it it sets up all these other movies, and uh, I I would say it's like a prerequisite to, yeah. to kind of get into the the rest of the movies. But I th- you're awesome. right. Titanium, you made a good point. I think a year from now, after some of these movies have come out again, we think the next two movies, uh, Shang-Chi and Eternals really aren't going to kind of hit on the tropes of yep. what Loki, but after that, Spider-Man, um, uh, Doctor Strange, Doctor Strange, Multiverse of Madness. Yeah. You know, we, we know Ant-Man and the Wasp, Quantumania, but we know all that stuff is going to be hitting on some of these things. I think a year from now we're going to be like, oh, let yeah. me go back and watch some of that stuff from Loki because it, it's important. It is. Yeah. Yeah. And I think you're dead on with your analysis of Kang. So, well, let's go. Uh, so a, the uh, the other thing that came out of this was we did get confirmation from Marvel this week that 
the result or the end result of what happened in the Loki series is going to be the reason behind what we're seeing in the What If series, which comes out in a couple weeks, right? I mean, that it's was... an animated show. So, again, from my perspective, I remember the What If comics from when I was a kid. And, and literally, the way the they did it in the comics, they took all the popular characters, they took all the popular stories, and they just changed one thing. They said, what if this person did this thing instead of the other thing? What if this person was bad instead of good? What if this person you know, made this choice versus the other choice? Um, and how would that f- kind of snowball the ripple, the ripple effect? How would that snowball down the hill and change the whole storyline? Yeah, it's cool. Yeah. And so that's the, the, the theory behind the comic was let me change one thing or one th- big aspect of this person's history or choice that they made or whatever. And we're now going to see what, what the ripple effects are. Well, now we've been told the reason why these ripple effects are occurring is because of the Loki series. We're now creating the multiverse, these branches in these timelines. And now all of a sudden we're going to have, and we've seen the previews of the types of episodes we're going to get with what if, you know, what if uh, Steve Rogers doesn't become captain America and it's, it's Peggy Carter, right? What if uh, Dr. Strange is a bad guy instead of a good guy? What if um, uh, the black Panther becomes uh, Peter uh, becomes star Lord instead of Peter Quill? I mean, all these things are happening because yeah. of what Loki did or uh, Sylvie did, right? right? Um, so they did confirm. The Loki series created it. They did confirm that these branches or these alternate universes, alternate timelines are because of the Loki series. And we're going to see um, Jeffrey Wright, who plays the voice of the Watcher um, in the What If series, is going to be narrating that and talking about, well, here's the reason why we're doing this and what what's happening. And I can't wait. I mean, I again... The animation style looks really cool. Yeah. And I think it's going to be a really great series to kind of talk through. And from what we understand, they're creating this kind of like multiverse superhero team through the series. Yeah. They're not self-contained episodes. There are some. that So they start off very self-contained episodes. And then ultimately this team of multiverse heroes comes together for some reason. And we'll kind of figure that out. Yeah, they're going to interweave all these stories to maybe a finale. That's cool. Yeah. That's cool. So, I mean, I, I'm really excited to see that. Um, again, What If starts August 11th, uh, a week from next Wednesday. So, two yeah. weeks from Wednesday, yeah. August 11th, um, we're going to get the What If series. I, I'm totally looking forward to it. I think... Um, what Marvel's doing and how they're using that series to kind of talk about the multiverse and some of the alternate timelines and things like that. It's, it could be very cool. So I'm really looking forward yeah, to there's it. There's I think there's one of the shows where Dr. Strange fights the bad Dr. Strange or something like that. There's multiple Stranges. I think that's going to be really cool. And, oh, we got, and we got like party Thor. Like yeah. Th- Thor never really, he, he never has to go. He never gets demoted and has to go back to Earth to like become worthy to pick up the hammer again. Like he, he just, just stays the, the he just college stays the happy frat go boy. Frat boy Thor. Yeah, I, I'm looking forward to it. It's going to be great. Very cool. Yeah. Um, another big piece of news. Uh, the Suicide Squad, as, as everybody knows, is, is we just you and I just watched uh, uh, Jimmy Kimmel um, had uh, James Gunn. Uh, John Cena, John Cena, and Margot Robbie, Robbie on uh, talking about the Suicide Squad movie, and we got a, a new clip that we hadn't seen yet yep. uh, with Sylvester Stallone voicing King Shark, which is <laughs> one of the most hysterical things ever. Um, that movie is a week from Friday, so you know, look, we're gonna have something to view. August sixth is when Suicide Squad comes out, so that'll be really cool to kind of get some new content, and they're all excited about it. You know, we can't wait to see it. It's gonna be fantastic. I've heard that people that have previewed the movie that have seen it um, say it is wild and it is fantastic, like really, really good. Did um, you have any doubts when James Gunn was doing this? But to hear them say it was better than the first and the first one was OK. Um, it didn't knock me off my feet, but I watched it several times. It got better. It was one of those movies where if you once you first watch it, it was like, oh, that was kind of cool. And then you watch it again. It got a little bit better and watch it again. It got better. And it's a good movie. I, I, did, I enjoyed it. You and I have it. talked about this several times. Yeah. It got panned and, and the critics panned it. Yeah. And um, I think media panned it. But the fans, those you and I, and I think a lot of the fans out there, 
didn't think it was that bad. I'm like, it was entertaining. Yeah, I enjoyed absolutely. it. Yeah, yeah. It was cool. I mean, yeah, I, it wasn't as bad as they made it believe. No. It was it was it, it was an easy target. Um, and, and I don't think it got what it deserved. Uh, again, it the is more not, I've watched it's it, it's not the worst DC movie. No, 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 no. By no means. No. Is it the worst DC movie? And, and the more I watched it, the better it got. But uh, it's okay. But I think what what the reviewers are saying is James Gunn's is going to blow us away. Oh, so. for sure. And, yeah. and, and again, so we heard James Gunn say in this interview on, on Jimmy Kimmel was that he this is a story that he remembers as a child and he's very fond of the suicide squad yeah. take some of the worst villains out there put them on this team and send them on suicide missions and most of them are going to die he he's very fond of that yeah in, so, case, in case the audience doesn't know it's the worst kept secret in hollywood a lot of these A-listers that are in this movie are going to die so don't get too attached to everybody yeah, but uh, i think there's what 12 to 14 people on this version of the Suicide Squad. And yeah. so if four or five of them make it out alive, you're we're going to be very fortunate. Oh, yeah. I, my, my guess is four. Yeah, right there, four. I think four or five would be my guess. Well, we know Peacemaker survives because John Cena is doing a Peacemaker show for HBO Max. So yeah. we know that for sure. We know Margot Robbie's going to survive. We doubt Margot Ra Robbie gets gets killed off because her version of Har Harley Quinn is we've already had the Birds of Prey movie and and she's they're not going to get rid of her. Ingrained there. Um the Idris Elba version of what's the character he plays? It's Bloodshot. Blood Is it Bloodshot? I thought that was what who Will Smith played. Bloodshot um Will Smith played Something shot. Something death shot. Something shot. Oh, we'll figure it out. Yeah. So Idris Elba, maybe. Does yeah. he survive? Maybe. And then um, we've got uh, Rick Flagg, who's... Um, I think he'll be... He'll get... Uh, yeah. And and so those are the ones we think are going to survive, but everybody else is up for Maybe up for King grabs. Shark might survive. Yeah, King maybe Shark. The, the chick that plays... Captain Boomerang, who, who survived the last one. I don't think he survived. No, yeah. No. Uh, the rat catcher, I think she might survive. Uh, I think she's a fan favorite for some reason. That actress is really great, but who knows? It's going to be exciting, but you know, a, a lot fun. of them. Yeah. You know, it, it literally can't come at a better time. August 6th is one of those, Hey, there's nothing else on. So let's watch this. It'll be, it'll be great. It'll Here's a guarantee. The guy from SNL, what's his name? Davis. Um, big, tall, skinny kid from with the SNL. tattoos. Yeah. Who the dated, tattoos. Uh, Ariana Grande smoke show. Yeah. What's his name? Davis. Something Davis. I guarantee you he doesn't survive. <laughs> He's going to be the first one to get axed. If it was a if it was a Star Trek film, he would be wearing one the, of those the red, uniform. the red uniforms. <laughs> you know, any guy that came on Star Trek with a red shirt on was done. Like, oh, sorry, dude. You're getting killed this episode. Right. The red shirts. Yeah. Um, so that's great. We're looking forward to that. August 6th. If you put it on your calendar, you won't want to miss it again in theaters and on HBO max simultaneously. But if you do miss it, catch our show and we'll explain it to you. Yeah. Uh, we should get tickets for that, by the way. We should. Yeah. We, we need to do uh, that. I'm actually out of town. And the then, sixth. Yeah. Yeah. We got to do the, I'm we'll out of town on the sixth. I'll be back that the seventh. We'll, we'll figure it out. We'll figure it out. We'll but we should see out. it together. Cause I want to laugh at you. Yeah. Or laugh with me. One of the two. Um, That's I meant to, did I say laugh at you? Yes. I want to laugh with you, brother. <laughs> right, exactly. Professor. So the other uh, big news this week, and, and, and no surprise, but we did get some pretty solid confirmation that Vincent uh, D'Onofrio, who played the Kingpin in the Daredevil series on Netflix. So let's kind of go back a little bit. The Netflix series and all the characters, Daredevil, um, Iron Fist. Yeah. Luke Cage, Jessica Jones, and the Heroes for Hire, and uh, the Defenders. Um, Marvel leased the rights to those characters to Netflix. Netflix created all these series, and The Punisher, by the way, is another one. Um, they made all these great series, and, and some of them great, some of them not so great, but look, they're out there on Netflix. They've been fantastic. Well, Marvel pulled those rights back and said they had a year where they couldn't use these characters anymore. And then they came out and said, look, we're going to reuse these characters. We're not really sure when. Now, here's what we know. Rumor number one, Charlie Cox, who played Daredevil in those Netflix series, amazingly, yeah. he was 
fantastic. Yeah. Just did such a great, had three seasons of Daredevil on Netflix, and all three of them were off the charts off good. Off the charts. Yep. Off the charts good. And a huge fan favorite. Huge fan favorite. Yeah. He um, is now rumored to be in Spider-Man Far From Home. Okay. Rumored. Again, he was seen on set and okay. all these other things, so it's a rumor that Busy. he's back. Busy movie. We got a somewhat of a confirmation that uh, Kristen Ritter's version of Jessica Jones I shows up yep. in the She-Hulk series She-Hulk. on Disney+. Plus With Luke Cage. And she was also a fan favorite, and her series, both, both seasons were fantastic. Yes. Um, and now we got news this week that Vincent D'Onofrio is confirmed to be in Hawkeye, the Disney Plus series Hawkeye. Um, and again, the the, the you, we got another piece of news here. Marvel confirmed that Hawkeye and Ms. Marvel yes. are coming out before the end of 2021. Yes, they have confirmed that they will be released this year. So we literally have five months. And if, if that is true. Six episodes each, by the way. Six episodes each, plus what if... So we have confirmed three Disney Plus shows. How many uh, episodes of What If are there? Do we know that yet? Do I thought we... there were six. Is there only six episodes of What If? I'm pretty sure there's six. Okay, so if we start get What If... If I'm wrong, put it in the comments. Let, what let If starts know. August 11th, which brings us... So six weeks would bring us through kind of uh, end of September, like third week in September. Uh-huh. And let's say then we get Ms. Marvel a week later. Yep. So that's kind of like the first week in October. So that gives us six weeks, gives us to mid-November. Mm-hmm. Then we get Hawkeye mid-November through the end of the year. Yeah. But Marvel did come out and say we're getting, and, and Ms. Marvel comes out first. So that's the first one we're getting is Ms. Marvel. Yeah. We know that's coming out first. And then we're getting Hawkeye. But what we got this week was Vincent D'Onofrio is going to be, whether it's a cameo or, or has multiple scenes in the Hawkeye series. And and this gets back to Kate Bishop and the and the the character she plays and the ties to the mob that her parents have yeah. and some other things that are happening there. Um, and you know the ties to the and, and mob the, that Kingpin the, has. And yeah, the tracksuit gang, the tracksuit track mafia, mafia and, is and, and rumored uh, to be in Hawkeye. And I can see Kingpin, the, the clown. Who's the other? Who's the clown villain? There's like the there's a clown vi- villain in the show as well. Okay, in addition to the tracksuit mafia, but. Yeah, well, it makes sense for him to show up in that. The Kingpin, but for it to be Vincent D'Onofrio, how great! I mean, look, guys, if you have not seen the Punisher nor the Daredevil series on Netflix, where Vincent D'Onofrio played the Kingpin, yeah. so the Kingpin is one of the big bads in Marvel comics. I mean, he's always I just watched um, Kingpin of Crime in the Spider Verse. You know that animated into the Spider Verse. Into the Spider Verse. He's in that. He's. That's uh, the way they drew him, like right. huge, big round head, little round head on this massive body. He, the character is spot on. Right. He's such a great. But character. Vincent D'Onofrio, great, great actor. Yeah, been fantastic. If you, I mean, Full Metal Jack. If you haven't seen it, you know. awesome. Yeah, but it, it, the guy is amazing. But for him to be that character, and he played it so well in both the Punisher series and the Daredevil yes, series, he, he played in it the Punisher great. Series. Yep. Um, they're bringing him back. And so here's what we know. Uh, he's coming back for sure. Rumors are Kristen Ritter comes back in the Hulk series, She-Hulk series. Rumors are that Charlie Cox is back in Spider-Man and potentially the She-Hulk series as well. We heard that he may be an opposing counsel in the She-Hulk series. It is a courtroom, it's a courtroom drama, right? Yeah, it's a courtroom thing. And it's then a we, lawyer show. And we are just waiting. We've heard and we've been told and we're assuming that, that John Bernthal is coming back as the Punisher at some point in time in some Disney Plus series, and again, we talked about if you're in New York City and the Punisher shows up, it's going to be John Bernthal. So those are the Have ones to. that that we think are coming back. How great. Mike Th- Coulter as, as Luke Cage and um, Finn Jones as, as Iron Fist, probably not. But, probably not. But the rest, free reign. Yeah, I think so. I think that they're going to bring back the most popular, the ones that did the, yeah. well, the best on that streaming service. Uh, bring them back in. Fans Look, have been screaming for it. it They've is, been petitioning for them. It's July. It's the, nearing the end of July. There's not a lot of new content on, unless, unless you're watching Big Brother and all kinds of others. There's not a lot of new content on TV. If you're looking for something to watch, go back and watch some of those Netflix series. I'm going to tell you, if you haven't watched the Daredevil series, watch it. Yeah. If you haven't watched the Punisher series, Punisher, yep. watch it. If you haven't watched Jessica, Jessica Jones, Jones, watch it. The rest of it you can sleep on. Right. But those three, <laughs> those three are definitely. fantastic. Yeah. And you know, for them to bring those characters back... 
I'm all for it. Yeah, dude. yeah. I yeah. I might watch a few of those before. Really, rewatch them. I mean, they're I'm just so going to watch good. at least the last episode of they're each so of those good. series. Yeah, they're really good. All right. We also got a few uh, new kind of clips and and a little some scenes from uh, Let There Be Carnage, Venom's Let There Be Carnage. We also got some insights into how Sony and Marvel are planning to kind of integrate the Venomverse and Spider-Man and the MCU kind of together. So we always were assuming, and, and again, we've talked about this in previous episodes, from what we've been told, the Morbius movie, who is a Sony, it's a Sony movie, a Sony character. It's in the can. It's been sitting there for months and months and months. It was one of the first movies that was delayed because of COVID. It was yeah. supposed to come out uh, March. March of 2020. Yep. It was delayed. It was supposed to come back out this year. They delayed it again to next March. So now it's it's going to be almost two full years. Two years. And again, if, if anybody has seen that trailer several times, one of the big kind of insights into kind of that being in the MCU was Michael Keaton. Yeah. The version of Michael Keaton that played the vulture in the Spider-Man movies is in that trailer. And so we assume he's in the movie somewhere. Yeah. And so we're like, wait a minute. And then we heard a, a story a few weeks ago um, about Ty, um, the guy from um, um, Fast and the Furious. Fast and the Furious. Yeah. Um, he came out and said, oh, yeah, Tyrese. Tyrese Gibson came out and said, oh, it's in the MCU. And he kind of spilled the beans there. Yeah. So if Morbius is in the MCU, or wait a minute, the Venom is in the – and we kind of talked about this before. They've talked about the fact that while they're kind of in San Francisco, they don't know that Spider-Man exists, eventually they will, and we're, we're going to integrate them. Yeah. And, and, and the multiverse may be an explainer and all these other things. We, Who know, knows? we know from the Loki series that vampires are <laughs> – Real things. Right. And in the MCU, Morbius said it. You know, we've had Titans. We've had vampires. Uh, pretty Mobius, incredible. Yeah. Not Morbius. M- Mobius. Mobius. Right. Mobius. So it's, that's going to be so hard for us going forward is because Morbius is the living vampire. Yes. And Mobius is the guy Mobius on Loki. Yeah. Yeah. It's going to be really hard for us. I'm kind of stoked for that movie. I like him as an actor. Um, Gerard. Jared Leto? Jared Leto, yeah. I like him as an actor. I think he's brilliant. Um, but yeah, what he did with the Joker in the original Suicide Squad movie was fantastic. And, I, you know, he got he got totally crushed for that, but I like that version of the Joker. I thought it was completely different than anything we've ever seen. It, you know, Heath Ledger and, and some of the classic Jokers, you can't go down that same road. I mean, you can't go up against legends that have played that. Jack, Jack Nicholson. Nicholson. Right. You can't go up against those. So, so his Sid version Caesar. of it... I, Yes, it's scissors. What I mean, what a throwback. Yeah. yeah. That's awesome. But so I thought he did brilliant work with that. And I'd love to see that again. Who knows if we're going to, but he's a good actor. Yeah. So we're looking forward to that. Yeah. That'll be that'll be a good one coming out. But hey, you know, hey, we this new deal that Marvel and Sony signed, we just feel that they're now in bed together kind of for the long term. This yeah. is not something that's going to be temporary that we feel and I think for for a while there it was. And I think those first kind of few Tom Holland movies were like, okay, well, we'll give you Spider-Man for a couple of movies and we'll let him cameo in a couple no, of other things. No, I think they've, I think and then they've they, hashed that out. But yeah, I think now they're like, they're totally like, hey, we could both make a ton of money doing yeah. this together. We need to, we, we can need share, to keep, yes. we can play well with we each other. We need to other. move forward with this relationship. Absolutely. I, I think it's great. I, I think bringing vampires into it, well, the, we know. And the big, you know, the big key that we heard, you know, a few weeks ago was that Sony has allowed Marvel Studios to own the promotion behind Spider-Man No Way Home. I mean, for them to sign over the promotional rights of that movie to Marvel, that is Huge. humongous. Yeah. They're trusting that Marvel's vision for this movie and the future of the MCU, including all the Spider-Verse stuff. I mean, look, we know No Way Home. We, we got a big question mark about that. There's some we concerns we have. We'll get there. And again, the other big thing that came out this week is we believe Sony is planning to drop a trailer for that movie by the end of the summer. Yeah. Right. It's been rumored for weeks. It's been rumored for months, but by the end of the summer, right. By the end of the summer, we're going to see something. We'll see something. Well, we might see a teaser or something. Uh, another thing is, um, well, I'll get to, I'll get into it later. All right. Well, you, you also, uh, we had a list of all the, uh, phase four directors for Marvel were all, all, all kind of, uh, confirmed, right? Yeah, and the big news is they they've nailed down a uh, director for Blade. I, I'm you want me to? But try this to say is not it? a Phase Four director though. Blade is not in Phase Four, right? Blade supposedly is not in Phase Four. Supposedly, I would supposedly? not supposedly supposedly or, or supposedly. 
Blee? <laughs> it might be. <laughs> Supposedly. You can say Lee if you want to, but I think it's racist. Love it. I think it's racist. You're being very Asian, and I think that's racist. So Okay. Supposedly. Supposedly. Uh, it might, I, I don't know. I don't, I, we have no confirmed date when they're going to start filming. Blade was the oh. one movie there was that was left mark. out of the phase four kind of schedule that Marvel released to us during their kind of their, their thing they did a couple Where months Kevin ago. Where Kevin Feige said that Fantastic Four will end the Phase 4. Well, we got that yeah. that whole um, trailer that Marvel released about a month and a half ago. Yeah. talking It was the kind of like come back to the movies trailer that yeah. Marvel did. Right. And they showed every movie they have on the slate and every date that it's coming out. And they, they ended with the Fantastic Four logo with no date behind it. Yeah, and again, TBD. We're, we're assuming that's going to be kind of late summer... 2023 yeah so we understand that but then blade wasn't part of that no and so we're like what about blade right but now we have an we have a director a director and they're moving forward with the writing of the film and his vision of the film so you know i don't know could they slip it in? they probably won't slip it in phase four they'll probably push it to it'll open up phase five and I have a feeling Blade, Werewolves, that whole theme is going to be slowly integrated into Phase 4. I think we're going to get Werewolf by Night and Moon Knight. I think they're going to introduce that so character. So you were, were, you're, you're, you're talking about kind of the... Monsterverse, kind of? Yeah, but they call it the, the, the Marvel Knights, K-N-I-G-H-T-S, right? Marvel okay. Knights, that, that kind of the... It was Ghost Rider, yep. um, Doctor Strange, Morbius... Um, Blade, they were all part of this kind of uh, this team of heroes that was kind of more of in the dark, kind of you know, you know, vampires and werewolves and all kinds yeah. of other stuff. Yeah, and, and so that may be some direction they're going there. He, here's my feeling on this whole thing. I think if Fantastic Four is going to end Phase Four, and we're getting introduced to Kang in Ant Man and the Wasp: Quantumania, which is coming out in the spring of 2023. Yeah. Fantastic Four will kind of be like this summer of 2023. I believe that they're setting up two main um, components of what we anticipate will be Secret Wars. Yeah. You'll get Kang and Quantumania. And then I believe they're going to introduce Doctor Doom in that Fantastic Four movie. And Doctor Doom was the primary person responsible for the, the, the 2015 version of Secret Wars, which is kind of the more modern version and maybe the two of them somehow figure out that that's the this multiverse war that needs to happen and maybe that's where we go in phase five so dr doom phase five yeah i like it i you know i i just don't want to wait that long i'm i'm getting anxious hey we've got stuff though i mean literally titanium if we look at what's happening not just the rest of this year yeah but through kind of summer of 2023, we have so much stuff coming. I know. Moon Knight, you know. I'm really excited for Wakanda Moon Knight. Forever yeah. with, 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 you know, Atlantis yeah. being introduced. I mean, it's, it's just so much yeah. stuff. You hear almost every other day, you hear some casting for Wakanda Forever. But- right. So great news about Blade, which is fantastic. Yeah. And again, we feel that that's going to be a phase five movie. The one that's still being hung out there is. What are they doing with the mutants? What are they doing with the X Men? Yeah. What are they? How are they going to introduce? And we hear that there's some talk. I think that's the next ball that's going to drop. We've got everything kind of confirmed through Phase Four and now Blade, which is kind of like the first Phase Five movie. Okay. So the question is, what's next in Phase Five? Yeah, and you know they're going to start hiring directors, writing scripts, hiring actors, casting people. I mean, it's we're it, going to start hearing about it. Yeah, you would think. Yeah, I th- and I don't think we're going to see origin stories like we've discussed. I think they're going to integrate them into original content in other movies and other stories. Just kind of bring them. The in. best thing that could ever happen, and we, and I think it would have happened had Chad Bozen not passed away tragically. Um, but introducing Storm or Aurora Monroe as the Storm character in. Wakanda Forever, the next Black Panther movie, would have been like the natural way to kind of bring a mutant yeah. into the MCU. Right. And we'll see. I mean, technically, Namor is a mutant. So, technically. So, and right. we know he's going to be in that. And technically, um, Wanda's kids are mutants. And, right. You know, so there, there's, and Wanda's a mutant technically. Sure. And, you know, so there, yeah, we've got a lot. So, cool. All right. Um, 
Okay, and then we... So the director of Blade, can you say his name since I'm butchering names and pronunciations? Mohamed Diab? Mohamed Diab. Diab. That's his... That's Moon Knight. Oh. Bassam... Bassam Tariq. Yeah, Bassam Bassam Tariq is the new... Yeah, supposedly he's a hot as shit director. Uh, Did some foreign films, some Middle Eastern films, and... He's a. I can't wait. Look, I'm all. I, for, me too. I'm man. all for these like independent, like yes. you know, directors who um, their visions aren't your typical Hollywood look, vision. They give a special. And, and think about this: Marvel hired Chloe, Chloe Zhao to do the Eternals way before she was even doing the movie that won an Oscar last year. Sure. So the Eternals movie was filmed a year in advance of the movie that she just won an Oscar for this past yeah. year. So they were way in front of that. <sighs> so they're hiring these hot. You know, hot shit little, you know, directors. And I, I think this Bassam Tariq guy is is probably highly regarded in Hollywood. And yeah. he's the next hot director. And next hot lick. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, I mean, look, you're not going to get Mahershala Ali, an Oscar winning actor, to play this role and not have somebody who's going to take the reins. And, and I mean, Mahershala Ali had to, to tie off in this director. There's no there's no way that, that he did not. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I'm sure he had something to do with it. Yeah, so. I mean, you kind of get that. You know, that's the kind of card you earn when you win an Oscar. Hey, what director you want to work with? That guy. Yeah, right. he's the, he, yeah. I got hey, him. we're thinking about these lists. Who do you, who would you like to work with in this list of people? And they had to have, you know, closed it down like that. So, yeah, I think it's great. I, I just want to see that move forward. Again, you brought up Eternals, not me. I am not... <laughs> excited about that after the trailer and watching it several times i've kind of lost a little faith in that so hopefully something comes out that kind of puts me back on track but i'm i'm a little worried and again titanium i think i think that that's going to be a nice kind of piece of content you know just similar to what we had with black widow just recently i think you know we're going to have these look think about what's going to happen we're going to get shang chi in september that i'm excited for during the time that we're watching ms marvel yep and then we're going to have the Hawkeye series. And then we're going to get the Eternals movie while we're watching Hawkeye. Yeah. And then we're going to get Spider-Man No Way Home. And we're going to be like, ah, well, if the Eternals movie sucked. Like, think about the worst Marvel movie you've ever watched. It's still, still watchable. Good, yeah. You still watch it several times. Yeah. And I think the Eternals movie, um, we may see, I, I think Marvel is really holding back a lot. Um, and I think it'll be good. Okay. I don't think it'll be great, but I think it'll be good. All right. Um Last piece of news. So we got a new uh, person being cast as Batgirl for an HBO Max series, Batgirl series, right? And if you guys ever, if you guys watched recently In the Heights, the movie came out on HBO Max. Uh, the star of that was uh, an actress by the name of Leslie Grace, and she was cast as Batgirl in the new series eight that 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 Warner Brothers is doing for HBO Max. They're going to create a Batgirl series, and she's been cast as Batgirl. Yeah, I think uh, Josh Whedon was attached to this project very early on, and he was going to make a movie, uh, an actual film, uh, an actual movie for this. It wasn't going to be a streaming service on HBO Max. Uh, And then he got, I guess, torn away from it, or they parting ways, creative discussions on this, and it it got kind of canned a little bit, and now it's back. So it's going to be an HBO Max. I think it'll be great. Um, she's a smoke show. Great, great actress. Definitely um, smoke show. Uh, Barbara Gordon. She's going to be playing the the character Barbara Gordon for for Batgirl. I just sometimes I feel like uh, studios are making decisions based on um, what's happening in the world today and um, being socially correct being versus socially being correct instead of being comic historically book accurate. accurate. Yeah, comic book accurate, and I I think that kind of bites them in the ass sometimes. Um, like the show, um, uh, Batwoman, Batwoman, yeah, yeah Batwoman. I, I, it doesn't, it's not doing very well. It hasn't done very well. It's gone through several, um, actresses as Batwoman. Uh, the story is very clunky. I, I just think that sometimes you need to stick with the comic book accuracy of the character and not flip it up. Sometimes it makes completely sense. Uh, it makes complete sense. And, and it actually adds to the character and the storyline. I'll, I'll give you an example where it yeah, worked it and it worked really well. Um, Samuel L. Jackson playing Nick Fury. Absolutely. So uh, Nick Fury in the original Marvel comics was this 
you know, kind of crotchety, kind of, uh, we'll say late 50s, early 60s kind of white guy who was, you know, it was like a spy, you know. Yeah, and he was a spy. Um, when Marvel came out with their Ultimates universe, and I've explained this um, a few episodes ago, that um, the Ultimates universe was a way for Marvel to kind of reboot some of their titles and have simultaneous titles with a little kind of changes, some changes to the backstory and changes to the characters, sure, yeah. slight changes. Yep. So you had like the regular Avengers title, which had been in existence since the you know 50s. And that's continuing to go on the way that it always has. And then we've got Ultimate Avengers. And I was like, well, let's change some of the backstories a little bit. Let's change some of the characters a little bit. Um, and there it was it gave them some... Uh, and the reason behind that was, well, if you haven't been reading these comics since the 50s and 60s, and you want to pick it up for the first time, you don't know who these characters are and where yeah. they came from and their backstories. So the Ultimates was a way for new comic book fans to start reading books for the first time and get the story from day one. Get the story from day one and kind of modernize those characters. And modernize the characters and, and come up with some new versions. And in the Ultimates Avengers, Ultimate Avengers, Nick Fury was an African-American. Yep. And it was great. Received really, very well. Yep. And the comics received very awesome. well. And so when Marvel decided to cast the role of Nick Fury for the movies in the MCU, they chose an African-American actor to play that character, Samuel Jackson. Samuel Jackson, a badass. He's one of the greatest actors. I love him. I think he's played that to, like Tom Hiddleston, he's played it to perfection. I can't imagine anybody else I can't. playing you're, that you're, character. You're exactly right. Played it, And that is where integrating some... some diversity into some of these characters and kind of going against the, and again, I didn't, I would not have wanted to see the original version of Nick Fury in yeah. the Avengers. Yeah. He made you know, it better. Uh, you know, who, who, who would you have cast in that, you know, that role? I mean, there's, I mean, you know, I, I don't even know who I would have thought of being in that role, but I wouldn't want to see that. And Samuel Jackson has been great. Yeah. Um, so that was one of the reasons why, and that, that's where it worked. Yeah. So bringing some diversity into characters, I think, works sometimes. Yeah. To your point, though, Titanium, bringing diversity to characters for the sake of diversity does not always work. If you're going to just punt on the status quo of these characters we've known for 40, 50, 60, 70 years. And try to shove diversity down a comic book fan's throat just for the sake of doing it and trying to be politically correct. I think it's the wrong reason, so that's just my feeling. Now, Leslie Grace is uh, Hispanic-American, from from all uh, from what I understand. She's Latino-American. Um, as you mentioned, smoke show. Yep. And she's a fantastic actress. Yep. And she could play this role phenomenally. Yeah. So, again, I you always go into these situations with some open-mindedness saying they could be fantastic in the role. Who knows? Ooh. Pow. <laughs> Pow. <laughs> but they could go into this role and just crush it. So yeah. you just never know. So give them the shout, you know, give them the benefit of the doubt. Oh, I'm not going to um, judge until it's it's out. I exactly. hope it works. But you know, we talked character. about this last week. You know, you talked about hey, they're going for a diverse cast for Fantastic Four. They're going, you know, and it's like okay. Okay. Do it right though. Hire great actors and actresses and nobody will care. No one will care. Nobody will care. But to do it just to do it doesn't it doesn't work. Does not work. No, so you're right. But if you hire the right people, don't hire a diverse cast for the sake of diversity. Hire great actors and actresses that play these roles, and nobody will care the fact that they're diverse. That's the bottom line, yeah. right? So another piece of news we have out there from uh, Marvel Studios, Victoria uh, Alonzo confirmed, and we talked about this, the Hawkeye and Miss Marvel will premiere before that. And then uh, I think that's it for the, for the news. You want to get into the topic of the week? Yeah, we do. And... Um, it's a good one. So we've we've got a treat coming, and we and we've alluded to this in, in previous episodes. Titans is a show that's uh, currently available on HBO Max. The uh, first two seasons of this show premiered on a uh, streaming service that that DC created, kind of their own streaming service called DC Universe, and it was a place where you can go watch some original content they were going to create. Titans, yeah, 
and Teen Titans, the uh, the cartoon was another one that they a lot of animated series on there. Uh, but they also did um, you could it was kind of their back catalog of animated movies, and animated shows, yeah. and and you you could actually go back and see the old the old Christopher Reeve Supermans and everything. They created their own streaming service. Uh, didn't do so well independently, and they decided to fold all that content into HBO Max. Um, so thank for, God, yeah. Well, for anybody like yourself who didn't have the DC Universe subscription, you didn't get to watch some of these. So they started with the Titans show, the two main shows that they said we we're going to create that are going to be on the DC Universe was Titans, the the live action show, and Doom Patrol, and Teen Titans the cartoon oh. season three. Uh, that was originally going to be on DC Universe, and then they decided to do Doom Patrol after the fact. Okay. So that was the third one. So the, the two real reasons why you would have subscribed were because I want to see Teen Titans when it comes out. The, yeah. Um, the first two seasons of Teen Titans were on Netflix, okay. I believe. Um, and they were like some of the most popular, cart, we'll say, animated series on Netflix. Was the, the first two versions of of Teen Titans, the, the, the animated series. Well, season one now of Titans is on, uh, and, and TNT two. and no, two. Well, so season one and two are available on HBO max. So if you're an yes. HBO max subscriber, you can watch one and two in its entirety on, on your own. Yeah. And, uh, Warner Brothers decided to release. So Warner Brothers does own all of the Turner networks as well. So yep. they own TNT and TBS and, and, uh, sci-fi and a bunch of other uh, channels. Um, they've decided to release, um, season one of Titans. They, they, as a matter of fact, streamed it or they, they binged it on TNT, like back to back. You can watch the entire season in one day or whatever, but it's all on demand on TNT app as well. So if you don't have HBO max, you can right. watch it on TNT. Yeah. Um, but the reason we're talking about this is because it's a live action show that frankly is done very well. Yeah. Um, They've had two seasons of the show. Again, the first two seasons were originally released on DC's own streaming service. They ultimately made their way onto HBO Max, and they're available there now. The The reason why we're going to talk about this today is because season three of Titans starts August 11th. Yeah. So we've got a trailer for the new season, and there's some really exciting things that they're going to be doing in this, in this show this season that kind of allude back to some of the uh, popular comic book stories. And so... Your friends at Super Talk were like, hey, all right, audience, if you haven't seen Titans and you want to start from season three, we're going to give you a little bit of primer. We're going to catch you up. We're going to talk about the characters, who's in the show, what's kind of happened in season one and season two, and we'll kind of get you caught up. Yeah, this is a primer for the Titans. For Titans season yeah. three. I highly suggest you go watch season one and season two. Uh, the spoiler warning, the, right? We're going to talk about some things yeah. we're, and I'm not going to, we're not going to go into detail yeah. about specifics, but spoiler we're going to, warning. we're going to get into some high level concepts of what's happened in season one and two, just to catch people up. But I would implore people to go back and watch season it's one worth and two. It. It's worth the watch. Yeah. It's done very well. Yeah. It's it, done it's very well. And yeah. It's done very well. And it's, uh, the, it's got a following quite the fan following. So, I would definitely go watch it. So just kind of a precursor. Let's kind of talk about Titans, quote unquote, the show and how it came to be. Um, there was a and, and we've got a little view of, of a comic book cover here. Teen Titans yep. was a team um, in the DC comics that started back in the in the in the 50s and 60s. Uh, originally it was Dick Grayson who played Robin. Robin. Um, Kid Flash, which was Wally West at the time, so yeah. we had we 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 had the Barry Allen version of Flash, and Kid Flash was Wally West. So we had Wally West, Dick Grayson, and Aqualad all created this version of Teen Titans, and then u- ultimately um, Donna Troy, who is Wonder Girl, came into that team as well. So that was the first version, and then um, a few years later, we had what the cover we're seeing in, on YouTube right now is. Is the new Team Titans, yeah, which ended up being Robin again, uh-huh. uh, Cyborg, Beast Boy, Star, uh, uh, um, Starfire, Starfire, and um, Raven. Uh-huh. So that's the version that we saw in the new Teen Titans, and, and then, that's the cartoon as well. The, the I mean, the animated. They sorry. had two popular animated series. Yes. One was the Teen Titans, which was kind of like more realistic and followed the comic books 
And the other one was Teen Titans Go, yeah. which if you're a you know Cartoon Network junkie. You know, junkie, you've watched Teen Titans Go with Cyborg and Beast Boy and Robin and, and Starfire and, and Raven, and it's hysterical. Yeah. And it's funny Great as hell. Writing. Great writing. And so many cameos from the other series. I mean, it's it's literally, it's funny. Yeah. But this team has been around for a long time. And ultimately, it's gone through many different iterations and different characters. And we've had different people join the team and different people leave. And then we had some great storylines. But one of the great um, villains in the DC Universe was introduced in the Teen Titans comic. And that's Deathstroke. Yeah. So he was originally introduced in Teen Titans. In Teen Titans, he would. That's where he came from. Wow. Um, so he's one of the big bads in, in DC Universe now. But he originally came through the Teen Titans, and they've had some great stories. And frankly, uh, DC's done some uh, follow-on animated movies with the Teen Titans now that that are on. Um, you can find them on HBO Max as well, and they're, they're fantastic. Yeah. Uh, so we haven't seen them like Teen Titans: Judas Contract, Teen Titans versus. Versus the Justice League. I mean, there's a bunch of them out there, and they're great. But that's kind of the, the what is driving this show that's now... We're talking about this live-action series. Yeah. And we've had, again, two seasons so far, and a third is coming in, in a week and a half. And we want to kind of talk about where do we get... How do we get here? So this originally was talked about, and they went through the castings... And I remember you and I talking about this when they first started casting these characters. Like, really? This is kind of strange. So Dick Grayson, he's played by an actor named Brandon um, Thwaites. And he was in um, Pirates of the Caribbean. Which one was it? It was like Dead Man's Chest, I yeah, think. Yeah, something like that. Um, he he. So he is he's a known actor, and he was in one of the Pirates of the Caribbean movies. It was, it was the one after... Dead Men Tell No Lies or something yeah, some, like that. Yeah, something Dead Man's Chest or something like that. But... So he was in there, um, and he, you know, was probably the most. I'd say he had had the most uh, high-profile role at the time when he was cast in this role. Um, everybody else that plays these characters, I'll kind of go through some of them. Anna Diop plays uh, Coriander or Starfire. Uh, Tegan Croft plays Rachel Roth. Um, she's never has never been, nor has she. Has she been referred to as the character Raven? But that's who she's playing yeah, in the that's show. Who she's playing, yeah. But it's Rachel Roth in in the series. Um, Ryan Potter plays Gar Logan, who has never been referred to as, as Beast, Beast Boy, Boy, but that's who he's playing. Yeah. Um, Kern Walters plays Jason Todd, who is the second iteration of Robin. Yeah. So when Dick Grayson left Batman to join the Teen Titans, Batman brought on a new Robin who ended up being Jason Todd. And that's who we've seen in this show as well. Connor Leslie plays Donna Troy, a Wonder Girl. Uh, she's half um, Amazonian. Yeah. Um, smoke show, yeah. by the way. So, uh, so she's an Amazonian like Wonder Woman. She just like yeah, very similar to Wonder Woman. Um, Wonder Woman who is her mentor, right? Minka Kelly plays uh, Dawn Granger or Dove. Smoke show. And we know Minka Kelly from uh, Friday Night Lights. You know, dated Derek Jeter. She's an absolute smoke show. Um, in the comic books, so she plays Dove and Alan Richen, Rixton, uh, who plays Hawk. So Hawk and Dove are a duo in the Teen Titans. They were in the Teen Titans for some period of time. They were actually brothers. So it was the brothers. It was um, Hank Hall and his brother. Um, I can't remember his brother's name. They played Dove. Hawk and Dove were brothers. Yeah. But in this show, Hawk and Dove are boyfriend, are male, girlfriend. boyfriend yeah. girlfriend, male and Good. female. Um, so the first, so we'll kind of get through the seasons and I, again, I don't want to get into too much detail because it is worth watching. Yeah. Spoiler uh, alert. Here it comes. Yeah. So there's, you know, we'll, we'll talk about some of the kind of plot lines. So the first season starts off in Detroit and Dick Grayson is a detective, a police detective in Detroit. And so it's, we know it's Dick Grayson and we know he's left Batman and he has nothing to do with Batman anymore. As a matter of fact, he's estranged from Batman. He's kind of angry at him yeah. for some reason. We don't know why um, he's in Detroit. And he's a detective and we get the character of uh, Rachel Roth comes to him and says, I need your help. I'm being hunted and she's being hunted by this cult basically who's now trying to, you know, capture her and he helps her out. And ultimately they're joined by um, Starfire. Who's, you know, Cor Corey Anders, yeah. right? Or actually Corey Anders who's from another planet. 
right? Outer space. Um, and they and Beast Boy, as a matter of fact, they get Beast Boy from the Doom Patrol. He kind of shows up and ends yeah. up being on the on the team as well. A little crossover there from the Doom Patrol. Slight crossover. Um, but uh, Raven is being hunted by some cult throughout the entire season. Uh, we do meet Hawk and Dove in the show. We find out that originally. Um, Dick Grayson had formed a team called the Titans and it was Robin Aqualad Aqualad Hawk and Dove Donna Troy or, or Wonder, Wonder Girl, Girl. Um, and they formed their own team and they were you know basically kind of their own superhero team and something bad happened we don't know what it was but yeah. something bad happened to disband the team and they were no we, longer a we team won't dis- we won't disclose that will we? well we kind of Find out about that in season two. We don't find out about that in season one, but right. we do find out about it in season two. But ultimately, this team, you know, and and Starfire, who you know is is Corey Anders, um, is drawn to Raven for some reason. She's yeah. drawn to her. She feels like the need to protect her, and she's she's helping her out. So they're they're kind of all together. They have this weird relationship. They have this connection yeah. somehow. Um, but at the end of the season, we find out that her father is this demon called Trigon, which is the truth from the comic books. Her father is a demon called Trigon. Um, and this cult, led by her mother, frankly, um, has this plot to... Uh, she's the, the gateway that allows Trigon to come into our our world, world right? Mm-hmm. And so by the end of the season, that happens. And the entire Titans team is kind of caught up in this, oh, my God, Trigon is now on our planet. Right. Um, so that's kind of how the – I won't get in again, too much detail about season one, but it's really worth watching. That's it's a fantastic. good synopsis. Yeah, that's absolutely a good breakdown. Uh, we, we start it's worth watching, season guys. two. Um, very quickly, the team's able to overcome Trigon and defeat him. Um, I won't go into the details behind that, but they, they do find a way to make that happen. But season two kind of revolves around three major kind of subplots, right? Yeah. So Dick Grayson, who did don his Robin uniform several times in season one, but burned it at the end of season one. It's like, I'm done. I'm done with the Robin you know, persona. I'm not going to play Robin anymore. And again, we, we did get the version of Jason Todd, version of Robin basically came aboard. And we, we do meet... The version of Batman from this part of the universe in season two, we meet him. Yeah, and it's uh, the guy who played is in Game of Thrones. He played um, the protector of Daenerys. Daenerys, um, that warrior, the older guy whose father gave the sword to Jon Snow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 You'd recognize the actor. You can't remember his name. But anyway, he plays Batman, and we find out that Dick Grayson got mad at Batman and left him, and then he he brought on Jason Todd and started training him. And then, but Jason Todd's a, like a just a fiery kind of you know kind of hothead, hot-headed kid. And Batman asked Dick Grayson to bring him onto the team and train him, yeah, and help teach him the right ways to do things. So we in season two we really get Dick Grayson kind of saying, "Look." we need to reform the team. There's reasons why this team needs to be together again. Yeah. And so him and wonder girl and starfire and Hawk and dove decide to kind of reform the team and create the Titans again. And beast boy and, and Raven Raven are there, but they're not former members of the team, but they're kind of there. They're just kind of being helped and watched. Um, And Jason Todd's on the team, but he's kind of like a pain in the ass, you know, he helps out, but he's a pain. But anyway, they they go back to the old Titans headquarters, and it's great. Well, we meet, we Deathstroke, we see Deathstroke. They introduced Deathstroke in season in two. season two, and his daughter. His daughter, yeah. So his that's his, one storyline, right? So the big storyline is that his daughter uh, uh, Rose joins the Titans uh, because her father's trying to kill her. And she's, got she's running abilities. away, and yeah. she's kind of got healing powers, and yeah. she's a great fighter. But then we also meet Jericho, mm-hmm. who we understand um, Dick Grayson knows and has known for years, and known that he's the son of Deathstroke. But yeah. he's kind of watched him and taken care of him, and been like a mentor to him. And he's and he's uh, he's 
he's mute. He can't talk. Right. So we know sign language and all these other things. We meet them, but we understand Deathstroke realizes the Titans have reformed and realizes he needs to stop them. So that's one subplot is the Titans and Deathstroke kind of fighting against each other and, and his daughter being part of the team. Um, and I'll say that there's um, a storyline in the Titans comics called the Judas Contract where somebody joins the team and kind of undermines them from inside, and that's kind of one of the things that happens there. Um, the other subplot is Cadmus Labs and a version of Connor Kent, Superboy, with his dog, which yeah. we got like at a teaser of in the end of season one. They basically is- test-tubed a... Another Superman. Well, they took the DNA of Superman, the DNA of Lex Luthor, and combined them and created a a clone. Yes. And that's Superboy's Connor Kent. Um, and he has a dog named Crypto who can fly it's and been, shoot lasers out of his eyes. Too, yeah. From the same um, DNA. So he's part of the plot of season two. And then the third plot, uh, the third kind of plot of season two is also this kind of... Uh, Coriander or, or Corianders or Starfire right. coming to grips with the fact that she is a, a princess from a from an alien planet, and there are people that are like, "You need to come back and take the throne," um, or if you're not going to come back, we're going to we're going to force you to come back. Right, and she's like, "No, no, no, I'm done with that. I don't want to have anything to do with that. I don't want to be the queen of because her parents right. die." Right, and she's got an evil sister. She's got an evil sister who ends up showing up at the. And the last episode, the ending kind of post credit scene is her sister showing up on Earth, you know, basically coming after the person who has the rights to the, the throne, right? So her evil sister is Darkfire. Right. So we've got, and again, multiple appearances of Batman in the show. I and mean, season two was fantastic. Um, lots of things happened with the team. Um, but we've seen previews for season three, uh, multiple storylines there. Yeah. Again, we have the whole Starfire, uh, um, Darkfire. Dark- Dark fires, the sister, yeah, fighting against each yeah. other. Um, Nightwing, we, we well, so Dick Grayson becomes Nightwing at the end of season two. He takes on the the new persona of Nightwing, and that so we we've got him, but he's now completely broken away from Batman. But Robin, the Jason Todd version, we see is now being hunted by the Joker and ultimately might die and become a version of the Red Hood, which we saw from the comics. So lots of crazy things happening in season three. We're all looking forward to it. So it's it's going to be really cool. Yeah, cool. That I, I liked uh, Titans. You you convinced me to watch it. I was kind of weary because I didn't like some of the casting, uh, and I still don't like the way they've portrayed Beast Boy. I think it's I think they do a shitty job on on him. Everybody else is excellent. The character development, the character storyline, the pace, and we were very reluctant to accept. Um, so they cast. An African American woman as Starfire in the first season. Yes, and she, the way that they portrayed her, was just kind of weird. She looks so much better in season two, and frankly, I've learned to really like her. She's a fantastic actress, and she's played that character very well. Yeah, I, I can't imagine anybody playing it differently right. now. Um, but some of the other people they've cast in these roles have been fantastic. Yeah. So I mean, I, it's been great. Look, if you haven't watched it, watch season one and two because season three comes out in a week and a half. And we're going to talk the shit. And out we're going to talk about it. We're going to talk a lot about it because it's really good. It is really Absolutely. good. All right, you want to hit? You want to hit the bell? I mean, we're we're pushing it here. Um, we we talked a lot, but let's. Let's uh, ring the bell, Professor, and let's uh, end school here. All right. Well, that's it for us this week. We'll be back next week for more Super Talk. To get in touch with us on social media, hit us up via email, supertalkpodcast at outlook.com or at supertalkpod on Twitter. Until then, stay super, everyone. (laughs) 